Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. He's a well-respected high school football scout. Known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig, Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Friday matchup show. Not just the matchup show, it's the championship matchup show, and I am in the building, Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile, and I'm excited. It is Championship Friday. We got CIF championships across the board, divisions 1 through 13. And guess what? We're not going to talk about all of them. We're going to talk about the ones we know and the ones that are more near and dear to our heart. When I say we, I'm talking about myself and my co-host, Greg Biggins. 247 Sports GB, how you doing? Good, 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 good. And and just so people know, I mean, everyone is near and dear to my heart, at least. I'm not not trying to say guys who are struggling and out there grinding, playing Division 12 football aren't important. It's just, I don't want to be fake. And I haven't watched enough football to be able to speak intelligently about that bracket. So it's not about anything else other than just trying to, you know, trying to do the best we can, Keith. So, yes, indeed, we'll try to break these down and uh, it should be a pretty fun Friday show. I, like I said before on the Wednesday show, man, I can't wait to see some of your predictions. It's going to be a uh, I'm hoping for some upsets. I want to see on the table. Yeah, I know you do, Greg Biggins. I see you egging me on over there. <laughs> but let the truth be told. I was 8-2 in the semifinals. 8-2. Calabasas went down. Centennial went down. I was 8-2. Still a very solid outing for myself. And uh, looking forward to today's show. Like you said, Championship Friday. We're gonna, I'm going to be making the picks. Looking forward to some great matchups, coaching matchups, player matchups, fan rooting section matchups. It's all going down. Uh, but before we get to that, GB, as always on the Friday Matchup Show, we have to remind everybody in North America, there's always, on the Transparent Truth, a Sleeper of the Week. Hey, we want to remind everybody, tune in every Wednesday for our Sleeper of the Week segment. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. 
So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really entrenched in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And we're back. Greg Biggins, get us started, my man. I'm ready. Let's go. We've been starting with D5. Let's do D5 as well. The matchup is Palace Verdes fighting Keith Millers. <laughs> Not Your quite. adopted team for uh, this year. Okay. Are taking on. Yeah. Londale. The Londale Cardinals. The Londale Cardinals playing uh, for a, a CF championship. They were a high seed last year. Did not get it done. Rallied. This year, Jordan Wilmore, I just, in our little break, I texted Travis Clark. He said Jordan is playing this week. Absolutely. He's ready to go. They were a, a 20-7 win. 20-7 victory over St. Paul last week. TV, uh, 26-21 over Glendora. Keith? Are you going to stick with TV for one more time? Ooh, this is this. Okay, so listen, this is a tough one, Greg. I'm going to tell you why. Londale is the new kid on the block. Palace Verdes is the evil empire. They've been here. They've done it. It's in their DNA. It's part of their pedigree to be in these types of situations, a big game atmosphere sticking to their discipline, sticking to their game plan, executing under the lights, making big plays at big moments. Londale, it's their first time, Greg. It might be their first CF championship game ever in, in, in the history of the world. They've been playing some nail biters as of late. I know they won by 13 last week, but they won by five or so the week before, kind of in the quarterfinals. Jordan Wilmore is playing this week. This is a tough matchup for Londale. Elijah Jackson, Stan Livingston. These guys got to come and they have to play big time football. Not only do they have to go out and do their job, but they have to lead their teammates. And they've got to make impact plays on both sides of the ball. This is a tough game. But I think in the end, the speed, the talent, on the side of Londale versus the toughness and the discipline of Palace Verdes. Contrasting styles, but I think in the end, there's a one-point victory to be had by the Londale Cardinals. 21-20 Londale in a in a in a nail biter. In a nail biter, GB. That's my call. Nail biter. I Let's like go, Travis goes. Clark. Well- I like Londell as well. Travis Clark, let's go. Let's go, Will Score. D4. D4. rip right through these. Let's D4, do it. D4, we have probably the most intriguing contrast in styles, as you're going to see. Grace Brethren is going to run the ball probably 85% of the time. In their win over Villa Park, Keith, they didn't have a completed pass until midway to the fourth quarter. Wow. And uh, it was for a key first down, and they scored later on in that drive. Colonel Marr, Ethan Garbers, is going to throw the ball if he wants to, if they allow him to, 40 times a game. 
He's got one of the elite junior receivers in the country in John Humphreys. So you have the flash and dash of CDM, who are also playing some good defense. Let's not, I know sometimes people see a, a team that throws the ball as being a finesse team, maybe offensively, but defensively, CDM is holding some tough teams down to 17 points, to 12 points. Grace Brethren, come from behind win over Villa Park in overtime. In Villa Park, we know how good Villa Park is. Sure. It's going to be Lontrell Diggs running it. Stanley Tafu, the USC commit on defense, playing some linebacker. Going to try to get in the face of Ethan Garber. Something's got to give. Can Grace Brethren slow down that CDM passing game? Can CDM slow down that Grace Brethren running game, Keith? Which one of those two things is going to happen? Or shoot, maybe neither one of them happens, and it's going to be a Rams-KC-like 54-51 to game. And both teams can't stop each other. Who has the ball last kind of game? I, I, or does one team impose yep. their will? Yep, I know. I think it's it's, it's a Rams KC game. I think both teams are going to have at it with their offensive skill, talent, and their power up front. But I, I'm going to stay true to my guns, GB. November, December football. You've got to be able to run the ball. You've got to be able to convert short third downs. You got to move the sticks. Con- ball control. Control the clock. I'm going with Grace Brethren here to take back-to-back CIF titles. Love CDM. Garbers is amazing. The tight end is phenomenal. Could be one of the better tight ends in the country next year, Greg. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. Uh, I'm going to take Grace here. I think winning football is running the ball in the cold in late November you know, on fourth and one, you get two. On third and three, you get four. You control the clock. You keep Garbers and company on the sidelines. I've got Grace here, 35, CDM, 31. Close game, great game, but I got Grace Brethren. All righty, Keith. I'm, I'm, as, I, as you're talking here, I want to look at my weather app because I, I, although it's important. It is. It is. We are in November. Let's let's be real. I'm sitting outside right now in my backyard wearing shorts and flip flops. This is true. You know, so some of the California weather is it's going to be 67 degrees on Friday. I don't know if weather. We're not playing in snow. But, but it's a I mindset. Really like what you're it's, a, saying. it's a mindset, Greg. It's a mindset. I agree with the mindset. Yeah. I agree with them. I'm going to go with uh, I I like Grace because it's you know because GB. That's that's what their initials are. But I'm going to I'm going to stick with CDM. I had them from the from the get go. Yeah. So. I'm going to stick with the horse that I rode with. Hey, D3, Keith, we have, for me, man, if there was a game I could, you know, kind of go against my initial pick, we have Cajon playing Sierra Canyon. I had Cajon winning at the start of the bracket. Therefore, I will stick with that. But I I think Sierra Canyon is is really good. I think they're playing a little more disciplined football. Um, I think they're playing better defensive football. They're, They're playing the kind of football. You mentioned running the football to win games in this late in the season. Also, I think what matters is discipline and defense. Yeah. Defense. Defense. Um, so, I think CRK is really good. I mean, Citrus Hill was was putting up points on everybody and CRK holds them to three. Um, Sierra Canyon blew up Park, who was really, really good. 62 to 21. Uh, Cajon's been in some, some tough battles. You know, Capitol Valley, 46-42. Uh, week before, Pericles put up 40 on them and had five turnovers. Yeah. So, I mean, I just feel, end of the day, I have so much respect for Jaden Daniels. 
he just seems like the kind of quarterback who just seems to will his way. He's the most unique kid in that you talk about the field, not a dynamic personality, really introverted, really quiet, almost shy, never really blew you away during the seven-on-seven circuit, and then you put the pads on him, and he should probably be the state player of the year this year. He broke GF seven-section records for most yards passing in the season and most touchdowns. So I just feel like Keith, end of the game, I just feel like Jaden will find a way to get it done, but I, I do feel like Sierra's playing better football, but uh, I'm going to stick with my original original thought and go with Cajon in this one. Yeah, we both pick Cajon. Sierra's Canyons had a really good year, though, Greg, and they're playing, I think, better football at this point in time in the season. Jaden Daniels has been spectacular his entire career. and Just to piggyback off what you said, you know, he's, he's not a t-shirt and shorts guy. You know, even as a quarterback, he's a guy that can threaten you 80 yards with his legs or his arms, and that pays dividends in, in helmets and shoulder pads. It doesn't pay dividends in 7-on-7. Seven seven. It doesn't pay dividends in quarterback camps, and those things have, you know, very little impact on how I view a prospect. Jaden Daniels is a big-time quarterback. He's got a tremendous skill set. He's a big-time leader. He's got excellent weapons around him. Can that? Will that Cajon defense come to play like we know they can, but they lack consistency? Sierra Canyon's very good. They have the balance on offense. E.J. Gable has been virtually unstoppable this year. He's eaten up yardage versus everybody. This is going to be a really good game. It's going to be a really high-scoring game. I like what you said. Jaden is a guy who just finds a way to get it done. A la Jared Goff, may I say? Might I say, Greg Biggins? Um, I chose Cajon at the beginning. You're going with Cajon now. I'm going to play contrarian. I'm going to pick Sierra Canyon in the upset. Sierra Canyon, 49. Cajon, 45. And that's my call, Greg Biggins. Sierra Canyon. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't think that's an upset. I just, if you watch the two teams, I think Sierra Canyon is really good. They really, are. Really, good. So yeah. I, I, I think uh, people who actually know you know, know football and have watched these two teams, like yeah. I mentioned, I talked to a couple, a couple coaches who, who played against both um, or have seen both, and they both picked Sierra Canyon as well. So, Let's go to D2. We have the Rancho Verde. What are the Rancho Verde? The Mustangs? Cowboys? What? They're a horse of some kind, aren't they? Yeah, Mustangs. I know Upland's got two nicknames, the Highlanders and the Scots. This is true. Uh, so Rancho Verde, um, again, miracle finish last week over Notre Dame. Upland, not a miracle finish, but an upset over Calabasas. It's an interesting final. You know, Rancho Verde, you kind of dissect them a little bit. They got some athletes. They got two or three uh, Division One receivers. If you if you include Jackson Turner, who plays a lot of receiver, he's going to U of A as a defensive back. But um, Tom McCullough has been phenomenal all season long. Demar Simpson was huge with the touchdown last week. So that's three guys. AJ Duffy uh, mentioned getting known this kid forever because I know Pete so well and just watching him grow up. He's a kid who's unflappable. Yeah. And I don't know the last time a freshman quarterback led his team to an undefeated season um, in, in a division as high as D2, Keith. You know, we're not talking, you know, D19 football or eight-man ball. We're talking D2 
A.J. Duffy, the guy all year long, 40 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, and just even watching him on that playoff, uh, the uh, the Hail Mary pass, I mean, he just he didn't he looked, didn't look nervous at all. He just looked, you know, first check, second check, threw the ball down the field. Yeah, it was a gift, but the guy is just poised. Upland, they have some men on that team. Yeah. Um, I hope Justin Flo does not play because I care about the kid. Someone told me that he's going to play. Um, you know, he's been out a couple of weeks because of a neck issue, and I don't think you should mess around with necks. No. Or head head injuries or necks. Anywhere in that area, vertebrae, dude, just don't don't do it. But I heard that he there's a great chance that he is going to play in this one. Obviously, for me, he's the number one linebacker in the country, regardless of class. He's a special player. But I, I, I hope for his own safety that he sits it out. But if he does play, you know, he'll be an impact. They're going to probably do what they did last week or try to do what they did last week against Calabasas, that's run the football, control the clock. Yeah. Kevin Davis carried the ball 30-plus times. They have Taj Davis out wide, so... You know, just when you, you know, you think, okay, just bring everybody forward. Tosh Davis is a guy who could run 10, 8, 10, 9, 100 meters down the field. Boom. Deep ball. So, I didn't pick either of these two teams to be in the final. I had uh, I had Calabasas beating Notre Dame. So, I am going to say, Keith, I'm going to go out on, I can't say it's at LM because the number one seed, but I'm going to pick Rancho Verde. Yeah. Um, kind of a miracle season for them. Um. I'm going to say Rancho already finds a way to get this one. That they're they're playing um, with a lot of confidence right now. And uh, although I do like Upland and how they're playing, they almost look like a team of destiny right now. I, I'm going to stick with Rancho Verde. Yeah, Rancho Verde. I'm a believer. Uh, Coach Duffy's doing a, a great job. Uh, they play really good offensive football. Defensively, they showed some holes last week. Can the Davis brothers exploit those holes again this week? But I think you said it, hit the nail on the head. Rancho Verde kind of looking like a team of destiny right now. It's a tough one, though. This is this is an intriguing matchup for a couple of reasons. The Justin Flo thing is one. Uh, number two, Rancho Verde kind of giving up, flipping up the skirt last week on defense, giving up some tail. The Davis brothers can go. You know, these are legitimate, high-level, four-star players who play like four-star players, right? We, of course, when there's four-star guys who don't play like it. These guys play like it. Taj and Cam, they play like it. And that's not, you know, they have more than those two guys. You're taking Rancho. I'm going to take Upland here. I, I'd say Cam Davis goes 200-plus. Taj Davis goes over the top two or three times. They get the W in a close game. I'm going to call it 31-28 Upland over Rancho Verde. All right. And there's just a, this little matter of a D1 game featuring probably the top two teams in high school football nationwide, not just Southern Section. It's a rematch of a game earlier on in the year that St. John Bosco won pretty handedly from start to finish. There was no let up offensively. Defensively, they were the better team, the superior team in every way. Out-coached them, out-schemed them, out-played them, out-athleted them. St. John Bosco, modern day. Bosco only had one close game all year. That was against Jay Sarah. Um, modern day's been in a couple of them. They've had the uh, the war with IMG. Um, 
Keith, I know where I'm going. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with the Bosco. I, I just think they're really good. I, I do love Modern Day, and I love everything about them. And, uh, it, it, again, would it shock me if Modern Day wins? Of course not. You know, you got Bryce Young, who's dynamic. He does so many things well. Brew McCoy is typically the best player on the field in every game he plays against. Just trying to figure out the matchup. You know, you got the Modern Day O-line had some struggles struggles blocking the Bosco D-line last week, uh, last time they played these two teams with Miles Morales. Miles is out. Um, that's a that's a negative. On the back end, uh, Bosco went quick. They they ran a, a kind of a unique offense. They had it run all year, and, and Moray never really adjusted to a kind of a quick passing game. Uh, Jake Bailey went off, had three or four touchdowns in that one. Um, you know, Ricks and, and Darion did a nice job on Bowman and Hudson, but it's that third guy. So... I, I'm trying to think of what, what Moderate is going to do as a as a counter. Maybe they maybe they we saw it last week when they moved Cordell to corner. Maybe they're going to put him on Bailey. I, I think that's a probably probably a good matchup. William Nemo did a good job last time on Jude Wolf. Uh, no catches, but guess what? Nemo's out with a meniscus tear. So you have no William Nemo. Mm-hmm. Um, so now do you you know try to figure out you have a guy like Jalen Davies? You put him on Jude Wolf. It's about a five inch differential. Um, can modern day block St. John Bosco up front you know they had some struggles against Santennial's D-line mm-hmm. um, Bryce took five or six sacks I'm not gonna a couple of them honestly were I, I thought on, on Bryce for not getting enough depth and kind of running out of the pocket too soon when I thought he could have either climbed the pocket or even stayed back he doesn't get enough depth like I, like I keep telling him you know I want 10 yards He's getting a five-yard shotgun and throw from six or seven yards. Keith, right. that's 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 gonna work. It's a great pass rush. Myron's got to run the football. They got to try to run the football. They, I do they. So Kobe Harper and Sean Dollars are both good enough. They can get four, five, six yards a pop, and that's all you need. If it's second and five or third and two, you take that right. But you can't have these negative plays that come from you know uh, just trying to always pass it or. Um, I, I've been saying for a long time, I, I would love to see Mario go back to, to trying to be a little bit of a ground and pound like, like I used to. And I think Harper has proven that he can he can be that guy. Dollars in the slot. Uh, I think Brew will make some plays. But at the end of the day, I just think this Bosco team is going to go down. It's probably one of the two or three best teams uh, of all time in the Southern section. I, I really think they're that good. And um, i got to stick with Bosco, Keith. I, I, I can't wait. We, we've got two games already. On opposite ends, I want you to be contrarian one more time, baby. I want you to go on that limb and do what only you and maybe a couple modern-day parents are going to do. <laughs> and that's pick the fighting Bruce Rawlinson, the modern-day monarch. Keith, can they pull it off? Well, let, let's break down. Let's let's break down how they can pull it off. Let's talk a little bit about last game. I thought you did a great job, kind of breaking it down. Um, let's start with modern day on the defensive side of the ball. I think moving Jeremiah Cr- down, Jeremiah Cradell down last week was a prelude to this week, Greg. I think that was game action needed and necessary for Jeremiah because I think he's going to be playing against Jake Bailey. That's how I would match it up. Okay, I like the Nemo matchup against Wolf. All right, on the outside, Green Warren, Ricks. Hey, remember, can, ne- me? 
Nemo's out this week. Remember, he got that. He got the meniscus, so he, he can't match okay. up with, with Jude. Okay, he's got the meniscus. So then you talk about you know Davies, Cradell versus Wolf and Bailey. Okay, um, Jalen Davies, a, a slight build, but a kid that has the savvy, the feet, the quickness, he can play. Uh, I still like that matchup in favor of Bosco, though. Uh, Jeremiah Cardell is a physical kid, used to be a corner, now is a safety, can play corner if necessary. He can match up. But I think the most important part to this is Sepalano. Sepalona. Moses Sepalona at that safety position, Greg. He's got to be able to be an enforcer in the middle of the field. What do I mean by that? I mean... When that ball is thrown on that skinny or that six route, he's got to come down and pound some people. And he's got to let it be known that that's his territory and don't come in there unless you want to get your chest plate fractured. That would be my, if I was his coach, that would be my constant conversation with him throughout the week. Okay. In addition to that, the defensive coordinator, I was, I'm not going to say disappointed because I don't know the guy like that, but. I don't know what the word is. I, w- I was distraught that he abandoned his game plan so soon against modern day. I thought after three or four first downs running the football, he just totally panicked and went to an all-out uh, all out deal up front. And I didn't think that was necessary. You know, force, force Bosco to run the football. Force them to. And as they do, they're going to get their four, five, six, seven yards. They're going to get it. Your challenge as a coordinator is to create the scheme up front and the game up front to where you can hit them for a negative play every once in a while. So second and four becomes third and six. Third and six plus, that, that's blitz pressure down, Greg. When you create that negative play with the games up front, that now puts you on schedule to bring your fire zones, to bring your all out, to bluff your Hollywood and play coverage. That That's when you start to dictate to the offense. But when you abandon what you do because the offense is now dictated to you, then they've got you on your heels. And that's what the coordinator from Bosco did last game against modern day. So what I would like to see is the modern day coordinator defensively just stay patient. Don't be overzealous if they have success running a football. You want Bosco running the football. What you don't want is the one-on-one matchup with your sophomore slot corner, your dime cover guy, versus a Jake Bailey who has been excellent all season. That's what you don't want. Um, I think modern day, as you said this past week, they play really good up front. That needs to carry over. They've got to create some negative plays, right? They've got to work some stunts up front, play some games up front to get some free runners and hit them for some negative plays. And I think that's going to be a big part. If they can do that, Greg, then they can put Bosco off schedule. Let's talk a little bit about the modern-day offense. Bosco's very good up front. They don't bring a ton of blitzes, Greg. They don't. They're just so good in the interior and in the trenches, and they rotate eight guys. They're big, they're fast, they're fresh. They're going to get up the field. So what do you do as a coordinator? A, you get the ball out quick. B, 
you run some zone read or some speed option. C, you run some counter stuff. Bring them one way, bring them, take them one way and bring them back. Let those guys overplay things with their speed and their talent and come back the opposite way. So look for, Greg, some draws. Look for some reverses. Look for some screen passes, running back screens. Look for some tunnel screens to receivers. All right? That means the ball is out. It's quick. And it's effective, and it invites that rush up the field, and you go right up over their heads, right? So look for those four things. In addition to that, I think you got to move the pocket with Bryce intentionally, not on a second, not on an improvisational scale, but intentionally move that pocket, get him outside so that he becomes a force with his legs, not on broken plays, though, on design plays to where he has that run-pass option you know Bosco's going to be playing that man coverage. Now he's on the edge. Man coverage. He can run it with defensive backs. Backs are turned. He can throw it and find guys open down the field. I think that has to be a part of the game plan. Brew has to be special. He wasn't special in game one. McDuffie did a good job on him. Chris Steele did a decent job on him. Brew has to be special. He has to win those one-on-one battles two times out of three. Mike Martinez did a nice job showing up, made some big plays for them, called a touchdown, I believe, that first game. <clears throat> He's got to have the same particular man, but it's got to be another guy. I don't know who it's going to be. Is it Brayden Huffman Diskin? Is he going to show up this game? Um, his head coach at the University of Colorado just got fired. He might be down in the tank right now. I don't know. But he's got to show up and make a play. Can they run the football? I don't know. Not up the middle, they're not. Again, I think speed option. Speed option is is a go-to here. Get on the edge of that Bosco defense. Get on the edge, Greg. That is how I attack Bosco. Counter punch, move the pocket, get on the edge. Brew McCoy's got to be special. And uh, defensively, Sepolano, he's got to separate some guys from the football. And they gotta, they've got to come out swinging against Bosco. Bosco came out throwing haymakers, GB. Modern Day has got to come out and throw the first punch. And when they do that, you got to come with a flurry of punches. I'm going to take Modern Day here, Greg. Oh, yes. Modern Day in an upset. This is an upset. Make no mistake about it. I don't want to hear, hey, this guy, you know, hey, this is Modern Day. No, no, this is not. Bosco... Is a loaded squad. Like you said, maybe two or three best we've seen. I mean, they're loaded and they're mature. They got players everywhere. Is Boss going be, to be as hungry? I don't know. Is Modern Day going to be hungrier? I believe so. That, that leads me to a better game this time around. And uh, I'm going to take Modern Day here, Greg. I'm going to take Modern Day. I'm going to take the Modern Day Braves here. See what I just did there? You just picked both teams. Give I'm going to take the modern. I'm going to take the modern day Braves here. I'm at modern day thirty-one. The modern day Braves forty-one. Forty-one thirty-one is my call, GB. Forty-one thirty-one is my call. So are you picking Bosco? You're saying the modern day Braves. You're kind of being kind of being a little weird here. In an upset, the modern day the modern day monarchs 
Are you picking the Marty Monarchs or the St. John Bosco Braves? Greg, Bosco, my 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 mind says Bosco. My mind says they're just they're loaded. And as long as they don't throw five picks and four for touchdowns, they're gonna win this game. My so gut St. John Bosco. Forty one to thirty one. I got Bosco. I got Bosco forty one thirty one. Okay. I think it's a better game. I think Modern Day will come out with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. But at Bosco, they're just they're really, really good. DJ's he's improved. He's improved the second half of the year. I saw him get to his secondary receiver on a backside delay. The last week, I was I was I was I was I was I smiled about that and say, okay, that a boy. Uh the young kid on the outside. Bo Collins, he's a difference maker, Greg. They're gonna have to match up with him. Bosco's loaded, man. They're loaded, and their coaches, their coaches are doing a great job. But their talent is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <clears throat> One thing that to kind of piggyback on what you said that I that I liked and I agree with is I like the idea of moving the pocket for Bryce. You know, that first game, and if you, I watched it a couple of times, and even look at the stats. Marty moved the ball. They had over 400 yards of offense. Um, Bryce threw for over 300 yards. Brew McCoy had like nine catches. He was double teamed. They, Boston did a great job scheming him. He still had nine catches for over 100 yards and a touchdown and dropped their touchdown on the opening drive of the game for them. Um, but Bryce, I think, in that last game had about three or four chances after he escaped the initial pressure, which he does better than anybody I've ever seen, to take off and run. Escape the pocket. He could have ran for eight, ten yards, maybe more, and instead he kind of waited for a guy to get open. And the modern day receivers weren't really working that hard to, to come back and get open on the extended, you know, cut the extended play that Bryce was was creating there. Yeah. So Bryce held the ball, held the ball. I, I'm saying, dude, this is a one game. I want to see Bryce have a almost a run first mentality where if you see ten yards, take it. If you see 15 yards, take it. If you escape pressure and you see 10 yards of grass in front of you, take it. Because eventually, that's going to open up some things down the field. And that's when you see Bryce kind of hitting those 40 to 50 yarders down the field. But I want him to be more active as a runner. And he had those chances last game. Yeah. Marty's defense, it wasn't just last week against Santel, but they, they played good. I was at the game against Jay Sarah also, and they completely stuffed that Jay Sarah off at the line that had a lot of success kind of, you know, pass blocking and run blocking against Bosco the week before. Modern day's defense has actually been been pretty good since the IMG game. Bosco, I, I thought, lit him up a little bit. Uh, but other than those two, I, I've been impressed with modern day. Their, their front, you know, Cameron Hudson's had a really good year. You know, hats off to him. ACL injury, missed his whole junior year. He's been playing as good as almost any interior D tackle in, in Southern California. Um... You know, Evan Bennett's a big body guy, um, kind of a, a space eater. The, the linebackers last week, Neely, had had some huge hits. I feel like he's always pretty active. You know, it's kind of funny. There was like this little running joke on the Sports Unlimited about if Mace Puno was going to play, because Mace kind of kind of a cryptic tweet, which I don't think there's any chance that Mace is going to play. But everyone's been talking about, you know, Mace is coming back this week. I don't see that, see that happening. No. But... They need, you know, one thing that kind of stood out for me last last game was one of the first times I've seen, you know, Brew off the edge 
really not be a factor at all. Um, you know, Drake Metcalf did a phenomenal job blocking him one-on-one, no help. I don't remember Brew getting close to the quarterback. So, you mentioned Brew needs to step up for me. I think offensively, I think they need to be more creative with Brew. But on defense, he needs to kind of he needs to have an impact play, a, a cause fumble. He needs to be Aaron Donald, Keith. He needs to have a a, a a one or two plays where he makes a play that nobody else could make, a strip sack, um, a big tackle for loss. I like what you said uh, about Marday kind of trying to scheme against Bosco's offense and kind of almost play, you know, force Bosco to run the ball. Uh, George Swanee last game had a, had a big yard, uh, like a 60-yard touchdown run. But other than that, they didn't really break anything. Long was four yards, five yards, four yards, five. It wasn't anything, you know, where they were blowing huge 10, 15-yard runs over and over and over again. I think almost you want to think about how modern day, or excuse me, how Bosco played modern day two years ago when they beat them in the final and kind of flooded eight guys and kind of confused JT Daniels. That was JT's mm-hmm. sophomore year. Almost kind of do, you know, flood the secondary. See if you can maybe confuse DJ a little bit. Don't give him the little short stuff that he was taking last game. Don't give him any of the deep stuff with Bowman, who can run like crazy. Um, Make them have to run the ball with Keith Savage and George Lottie. Now, maybe Bosco says, hey, that's what we want to do anyway. That's our identity. We're a tough, smash mouth, more tougher, more physical than you are kind of a team, and, and they're going to they're gonna love seeing a three- or four-man front. But that's probably the only chance they got. You know what I'm saying, Keith? Because although I love the Marty secondary, you know, Green and Ricks, Green Warren and Ricks are elite, elite, elite. Bosco's got four or five receivers and a tight end. So... It's going to be kind of hard to cover everybody, even if you just have those two guys. I, I like the idea, man. Flood the secondary a little bit. Uh, make Bosco have to run the ball first and second and third and and see. Maybe you get a turnover. Maybe you get, you get a fumble. Um, maybe make a negative play, like you said. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I like that strategy. And um, I think that that's what, that's what I would like to see Eric Johnson, the, the longtime D.C. who's Always been really, really, really good. I thought he was out scheming in that in that first game. So you gotta you gotta think Mario's gotta have something on both sides of the ball. They're gonna be a uh, a little different and unique from what we saw the first time around. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Like you, great term, Greg. Flood that secondary. Flood it with players, and and. At the very least, Greg, what you do is you take DJ out of rhythm, right? You don't hit, you don't give him the big explosive play. I think, and that's what killed Modern Day last game. It was the explosive play and man coverage down the field. Okay, so if that killed us last game, let's 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 play some matchup, right? Let's play some matchup zone, or let's play some deep zone coverage. Let's force him to run the football. We're going to take our lumps there, but we have good players up front. Maybe somebody can get off a block this game and make a stop at negative one behind the line of scrimmage and you know, put ourselves in a good down and distance. The explosive play is what, I mean, that's Bosco's claim to fame, Greg. It's not their power ring. I'm sorry. It's not. Their claim to fame right now is that big, beautiful quarterback they got and their explosive play down the field. So what do you do? You do what Bill Belichick did to the Rams in the Super Bowl. You flood that secondary. You force them to run. They will not stay patient. They're going to try to put the ball in the air. They have the number one quarterback in the country. They're going to throw it. And, And that point is when you jump them. There it is, man. Coach Keith just broke it down for you. I mean, hey, listen, 
You don't have to listen to me. Or you can win. Good choice. Man, I'm still bitter about Mike Marsh's stubborn refusal to use the best player in the game at that time, Marshall Falk. I was screaming, stop throwing the ball into a 12-man secondary. Oh, you had to bring that up. You had to bring that I'm, game up. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that's just that's how football works, right? It's, you know, make them play left-handed. If, yeah, if no you let, doubt. Yeah, if you let, you let Bosco play right-handed, they're going to blow you out. You make him play left-handed, you got a chance. Now you get a big play from from McCoy off the edge, Keon Ware Hudson. You get a big play from Bryce in the run pass game. Then we got a game. We got action now. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not the coach. They just call me the coach, and um, we'll see how it's played by the modern day staff, the players. I'm excited though. I'll be up in Northern California. I won't be at the game. I'll be I'll be visiting with in-laws in Northern California, but I will be watching. I will be watching closely. I will go on Facebook Live as I did last year after the Modern Day Bosco Game of Championship. And um, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, you know I'm gonna be myself, Greg Biggins. I'm gonna call it like I see it. I'm gonna be honest and and, and tough and upfront. And hey, it's the transparent truth. I'm gonna give it to you raw and uncut. And uh, if you don't like it, don't listen. And uh, it's just how I'm rolling, GB. Uh, absolutely. That is how you roll. Um, so that that's that's one through five. Um, you know, I did want to shout out. Yeah. D D thirteen, real quick. Good friend, Gaudi Wadud has Adelanto in the final. They were one and nine last year. My guy Wadud got them in the final. So I want to give him some love. Uh, Marshawn Buchanan, Josiah Stokes. He got a couple of good players over there at Adelanto, and hats off to you, Wadud. Uh, also, Culver City, um, yep. good players. They're playing in D7. Uh, like that program. Like those guys over there. They got multiple, multiple D1 players. Somebody uh, just broke program. Michael Bumpus' record. Dude, Michael Bumpus is a baller. Yeah, that's my guy. Nice. Love that kid. And also a D6, Oxnard, John Mack. Long time, long time uh, friend with some, some good players at Oxnard, too. Don Brown and J.R. Waters. So, uh, not just about D1 through 5. Also, shout out to some of those other teams that are playing, everyone, shoot, you want to see a championship no matter what level, it's always very special. So uh, congrats to everybody that's gotten this far, and it should be a great weekend of football, Keith. No doubt about it. Great weekend, Greg. I know you'll be at, you know, the, the top game, and um, I know that, you know, we'll, we'll come back here on Tuesday. We'll recap. We'll talk. And, you know, God bless everybody out there. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Please enjoy your family. Enjoy your friends. Some turkey and some dressing. Enjoy some good football Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it's a transparent truth. We appreciate you for joining us. Without further ado, GB, let's bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name is Reggie Hammond, a.k.a. El Jefe. <laughs> Y'all be cool. <laughs> 